Hey everyone, this is Matt, and welcome back to the Wormhole Manifest podcast. This is a special introduction to this episode because, unfortunately, something really weird happened to my final product, and I wanted to give you all a heads up. Apparently, when I started recording this episode, and also, unfortunately, I didn't catch it until after recording the next episode as well, that the software I have been using was only picking up my new webcam's microphone for my audio tracks, so not the microphone I normally use that like you're listening to now um, with this quality. Uh, if anybody knows anything about webcam mics and the way I have my studio set up, uh, webcam mic is not at all the quality that, uh, that I prefer. So anyway... Um, as you probably know by now, if you can hear the quality of this audio uh, that you're hearing right now, um, and, and you also know that I am very OCD and have uh, my audio sounds of this show how I, I like it normally, uh, and when you listen to this upcoming discussion, you will quickly realize the difference between how I normally sound and how I like it to sound and how the program picked it up completely different uh a different microphone and it just sounds god awful in in my opinion um but that's not to discourage you from listening to the episode um i was very excited about these uh last two recordings these last two episodes uh due to the nature of the content and the special guests that i have on the show um i was really feeling awesome after each recording um I wasn't able to hear what you hear from this recording because I heard myself what I thought was recording through my regular microphone, but apparently it was picking up something else. Um, and my webcam is like further away. So, um, so anyway, like the, the nature, um, <clears throat> yeah, I was really feeling awesome about each recording. Um, the, the stuff that we talked about with the guests, uh, was just, Great. I was feeling really great about it, and then I was really disappointed when I heard that audio quality um, after I was after I had started to go back and do the editing um, is when I noticed that it wasn't recording right. So I wanted to like, you know, I just felt really good. I was like, wow, these are some great episodes. This is good to add to the manifest repertoire, you know. So only to find out that the audio on my tracks was just completely disgusting. Um, I've done my best to add filters and like EQ effects to clear it up, um, but it, it just isn't to the standard I prefer. Um, but again, not to discourage you from listening, because each of my guest tracks on this upcoming episode and the one to follow, it are uh, great and clear, and, and the content was top-notch podcast gold, in my humble opinion. Um, so please bear with me in this time of existential crisis for my own personal OCD, uh, and please give it a chance for the sake of my guests um, and the information that they had to discuss and pass on uh, during the recording. I have learned a very uh, valuable lesson during this and have checked all of my settings, and, and I know how to prevent this from happening again in the future. But thankfully, I, I shouldn't, I won't be hooking up a new webcam. I, I got a new webcam and I hooked it up, not thinking I needed to go in and it would change the default um, settings and everything once it did the plug and play install of the, the drivers and everything to install it. And I just didn't double check that. And the software I used was just uh, picking that up 
And even though I thought I double checked it before I started recording, because I like to look at that stuff and make sure it, it just, it, it looked right, but it apparently wasn't like it, it said USB audio. And I thought that's normally what I used because my mixer runs, runs through a USB audio uh, device. Um, so it, it looked the same, but it just wasn't. Um, anyway, I thank you for your patience uh, and would greatly appreciate that you give my guests and I the benefit of the doubt and give these next two episodes, this one that you're going to listen to, and then the one that I release maybe in a week from now. Um, I got to do a lot of work with editing, so hopefully I can get these out pretty quick. Um, and then uh, then I can continue to move forward towards this uh podcast podcast greatness uh while we venture into the wormhole uh now here is the first of the messed up audio episodes out of two um the next one will be released soon um and i just uh thank you for bearing with me um this one is with a uh the first special guest and i did not realize the audio was messed up on my track but their audio is fine so it's all about the guest on my show, so I want you to focus on what they say, and hopefully I don't ramble on too much like I'm doing now. Anyway, um, okay, so here is the first episode of the, uh, well, this is season two, episode six, and and then now you'll hear my uh, crappy audio, so thanks. Hey everybody, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wormhole Manifest podcast, where I, Wormhole Matt, as you know, interview and converse with different special guests or guests every episode about a wide array of topics. Um, before I begin this episode, there is something I've been meaning to say for the last couple episodes, um, and I've somehow managed to slip by. I've had it in my notes, but I figure out I'm going to do it this time. Um, I want to give a special shout out to all the Ukrainian people right now who have lost everything and have had to flee their homes and are in the middle of an invasion by Russia. Um, it's a really sad uh, situation, um, but I, I hope the conflict ends soon. It just it really sucks over there. So I, I want to let those people know and let everybody else know that my heart goes out to them. Um, and it's something that I just been wanting to say and get out there uh, that I really do feel for the people over there dealing with all this madness. OK, so, yeah, got that. Uh, moving on uh, this episode, I want to welcome back our friend Erica at Ellen Barstar on Twitter. Um, who was on our very first episode. Um, I realized after recording, as I have done almost every time I've recorded, that I missed so much information that we could have gone deeper into. Um, and, and as with every guest I've had on, I always think of stuff afterwards and I'm like, why didn't I bring this up? Or why didn't we talk about this or, or whatever? But um, so we, we, got, we got her back and we're gonna go on this journey through the wormhole um, and catch up with, uh, the things, as you may remember, uh, Erica was hit hard with COVID at the very beginning of this pandemic, uh, almost two years ago, um, and had a series of different issues pop up. And so we're just going to catch up. So Erica, how's it going? Welcome back. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> good to see you again. Thanks for inviting me back. Um, things are good. Yeah. Things are a little different 
from last time um, when we last spoke. Um, I think at that time, um, I shared a lot of my experience with trying to just recover from uh, the post-viral syndrome that I got after having COVID, having caught COVID in 2020. Um, and at that time, you and I were talking about alternative ways of um, treating like depression and um, the mental health health aspect. aspect, And, and I think at that time, you know, my interest was genuinely there, but I had uh, a lot of medications I was taking. Um, It would have been difficult to pursue anything different. So, um, so my situation with that has changed and um, my health has changed a little bit, but um, what do you want to (laughs) know? Well, and, and that, that's good. So you're, you're feeling yeah. a lot better now. Like, I mean, as far as yeah. those, yeah. Cause I remember I, I did, I did listen again to that episode today to kind of catch up and refresh my memory. Um, you had like mm-hmm. nerve pain and uh, like nerve shocks yeah. and skin and stuff. And there were sleeping mm-hmm. issues, uh, side effects to medications, mm-hmm. brain fog. Um, and we didn't really get into a lot of, we, we talked a lot about those symptoms and things like that, but the mental health aspect about, we briefly mentioned depression mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Um, but we talked about uh, like having to start over because like you, you had basically like went through mm-hmm. like all your savings and yeah. and all that. And, and that, you know, I had, I, I identified with that and I was like, Oh, that just really sucks. You know, like, um, but the mental health aspect, like that's really what this, this show is what I'm kind of gearing it towards is, is how people deal with different things. And I can understand that COVID is a very different thing. And when it's a, it's a new thing, of course, there's been other pandemics in the past and I'm sure people back then were yeah. dealing with things, but um, yeah. so let's dig into what has changed mm-hmm. for you. So you were on a lot of those medications and they had side effects and things like that. Have you gotten off of a lot yeah. of those or on different Yeah. So, um, you know, the, a lot of the symptoms that I had when we talked last, they really haven't changed. Um, but so, so the nerve pain is still a chronic condition that I have and the medication that I need to take for that mm-hmm. isn't something I've been able to I haven't even really been able to reduce it at this point, but, um, it's, at least it's manageable and, um, my sleep is so much better. I am taking medication for sleep, but it seems to be the right kind and the side effects are minimal. And as long as I'm, you know, kind of on a schedule and I get enough rest, that's really impacted my daily life. Um, but the, antidepressants that I had, uh, taken, you know, after COVID because, you know, my mental health was suffering. Um, those were the ones that I didn't even realize just how impactful they were until I did go off of them. And for anyone who has had to go off of any kind of anti-anxiety, antipsychotic, antidepressant, you name it, anything in that realm, um, it's, uh, you know, I, I get it. 
now. I understand just how bad that is. I, I don't ever want to go through that again. That was very, very awful. And it was not a quick and uh, swift, you know, situation. It, it lasted for a few months. Um, yeah. So that was last August that was I, it just like that that I started going off of those uh, medications, and um, I think the biggest, the kind of one of the bigger challenges was not just the withdrawals, but the, um, you know, you've been masking feelings for months, and really numb, yeah, and so just really like kind of basic emotional situations feel pretty catastrophic because they're just like really fresh. So you just go from zero to, to a hundred with, without much time in between. So, um, I feel like you, 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 I feel this like that you are really understanding me by the look on your face. <laughs> Does this hit home? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, everything from withdrawals to to even even went what I most recently went through. I mean, obviously, I didn't have COVID or I haven't had it yet. I'm I'm hoping I don't get it. I am vaccinated. Uh, I need to go get my booster uh, yet. I haven't gotten that. Um, but the uh, the even tapering off uh -huh. or weaning off of medications is difficult in itself. Um, but the times I, I, I've been through massive like withdrawals from just go, going mm -hmm. like cold turkey on medications that alter your brain yeah. chemistry. So like, you just don't want to do that. It is yeah. a nightmare, you know, like, and so, yeah, I definitely feel for you there. Even if you were going about it the right way and, and reducing them, it can still be very difficult. Yeah. And, and I feel for anyone who, man has to deal with the uh, sudden withdrawals or even other kinds of side effects that some of these medications have. It's just, it's, uh, it, it, it's, a, it, it's hard it, to describe uh, unless you've <laughs> gone through it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting. I kept a journal for a few months because uh, I really just needed to do anything um, just to try and manage how, uh, I, I felt really out of control of my emotions. And so I kind of just throw it all into my journal. And then, you know, I've read it since, since then. And it's just terrifying. I'm like, oh my God, I was, a, I was just crazed, you know? Um, and it would be like where I would have like these emotional outbursts or very rageful outbursts over nothing. And mm -hmm then I get it all out, write it all down and, you know, just talk myself off of the ledge. I kept telling myself, I, I, I just, I needed to make sure my house was in order before I made any big choices. <laughs> it was like, like for whatever reason, yeah. where people would, would judge me for my, my messy uh, closet or drawers or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, well, <laughs> Had to take so I kind of I I did have a lot of the the energy I had put into like when I'd have those moments I'd just go and clean something. <laughs> yeah, 
what were you ever like manic yeah. kind of like cleaning and stuff because yeah. i used to do that quite a bit like i would just like pace around and find things to do when i didn't know what else i or what i should be doing and and then there was a long period where i didn't do anything like i was so out of it that i like just laid on the couch watching weather channel for like the eight hours channel. a day and i'm like yeah uh, now i'm getting now i'm getting back to like almost that manic stage where because now that i'm not on any of those medications i'm only on one medication but it's a very low dose and uh, actually come to find out that they they've had done some studies brief studies i think but it's shown that this particular medication that i'm on is actually good for treating symptoms of covid for some reason like i don't know how they found that out but apparently people that were on this medication that got covid like oh, didn't wow. get it as bad or something i don't know but um yeah, so like, and, and my doctor told me that they're like, "Oh, this is." There's actually been a few studies that show that this medication that you're on, but, but it, I, I feel way more balanced yeah. in life, um, and, and and I don't know if I should get off of this one last medication that kind of like is the last bit of, you know, the journey that I was going through by trying to get yeah. off of everything uh, two years ago. Um, right before the or right at the beginning of the pandemic but uh um, but it was nothing it wasn't covid related it was just my own mental health issues that i had um, but i'm like do i want to get off this one last minute i mean I, I feel pretty good oh, you know like, gonna, do i want to just yeah, chance I mean, it if and you're like doing well get, i guess you know the goal is to to be doing well should or should be right you yeah, know and, and be yeah, and be content with life. I mean, there's no there's no such thing as like a happy right. pill, really. You know, there's nothing. It just, but if you're content with life and you're on a medication mm -hmm. or a couple medications or whatever, you know, and it's it's helping you get by, then there's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's yeah. Um, something I've learned is that every substance out there, like even like possibly crack cocaine or whatever, there there may be some kind of use mm -hmm. for it out in the world but we, we don't know unless we study it, yeah. you know? So, uh, but there's, there's, these substances exist for a reason, you know, it's maybe by chance or whatever, but the, mm -hmm. the, the things that, I don't know, but a lot of the studies that have been do, done with psychedelics uh, in the past couple of years or past maybe five, six years um, have, have shown a lot of, benefits for people with mental health yeah there was and actually um i don't i can't remember when it came out or if it was out before our last um session but there there's a um study at the university of washington and it's um using psychedelics and um basically acid mushrooms uh you name it but they uh, have found phenomenal results and just specifically with like PTSD and depression has oh, yeah. been yeah. just, they, they can barely, you know, contain themselves right now, but you know, they, they fully admit, we really don't know how this works. We know it works. We know there are no, bad things that have happened when you do it in a way that is, um, you know, 
focused on getting better and not just recreational use, but, you know, with someone who knows how to walk right, you right. through that journey or, or help you um, repath your, your brain really. Um, and so those are exciting yeah, things and rewired. <laughs> I, I don't if I can find the, um, you know, there was an entire interview with one of the, the professors at the university. So if I can find that, I'll send it to you for um, a link for your podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the, um, there's a doc, Dr. Robin Carhart Harris and is that right? Carhart is another guy. Um, Dr. Robin, somebody, he's, he's like a neuroscientist, but he's uh, been doing, he's in the UK and they've done a lot of uh, um, studies and, and mapping the brain mm -hmm. basically like while like doing like EKGs or brain scans of people while on hallucinogens mm -hmm. or, or psychedelics. And, and it just, the stuff is like mind blowing that how it repairs or it like makes all these connections between like neurotransmitters and, and the neural pathways in your brain. And, and it's like, they show you the difference between a normal brain and yeah. like the connections between different points you know, and then they show like one of our brains picture, you know, a little, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they show the brain of someone on psychedelics and there's like a million more different connections, yeah. like all these different regions of the brain that like don't normally mm -hmm. communicate, you know, and it's, it, it's amazing. And, and, um, like I've, I've, I think I've told you is like when I first started, uh, getting back into the, the, the research on this and the psychedelics and things and started trying uh, microdosing, it, it was almost like, and it, it's not just microdosing, but also using mushrooms in themselves, like different kinds of, um, there, you know, every kind of mushroom out there is, is a little different and have like different benefits behind them, but things like turkey tail and reishi and cordyceps and, and all these different kinds have a lot of benefits to a human body and, and mind and stuff. And uh, me, when I started, I started putting these mushrooms, uh, there's like a powder you can buy and they're not psychedelic, but like I add it to a smoothie, you know, and I did that almost every day um, for several months. And it was just like, my brain was just firing, like, mm -hmm. like an engine firing on all cylinders, you know, like I felt like, yeah. a person again that i could actually walk through life and, and communicate with people and you That's know amazing. <laughs> it was just amazing That's like just i'm so like wonderful mushrooms. to hear though that you you found something that that helped yeah yeah and and i look back and i'm like oh man i wasted so much time and and i should have it it's not like i should have known but i remember being a young guy trying out you know, some psychedelics or, or different drugs back when I was young and dumb and before I joined the military and all that. And I'm like, it, it sounds like a cool thing to do. Let me try that. And it, I was in an afterglow after I did acid the first time for months on end, maybe even years. And I didn't want to try any other kind of drugs or anything because I just felt good. I felt like I was myself and I'm like, okay, I'm this is pretty good. But now looking back, you know, hindsight is 2020. I'm like, I tripped acid and I felt good for years after that. So 
I could probably, you know, attribute that mood or state of mind to that one psychedelic yeah. trip that I took, you know, like it's, I'm like, I did that when I was like 17 or 18 or maybe 19. I don't remember, but like it lasted for a long time. I was able to make it through Marine Corps basic training without an issue, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, I did all these crazy things and, and wonderful things, but like, I, I can look back and say, it's probably because I was like, you know, I tripped out. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> I mean, now that we know a little more then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we can think back, we can attribute things to like those, uh, those, those cultures in like South America that are, you know, those indigenous mm -hmm. tribes and peoples that live in these communities that, that get through life and have been getting through life for thousands of years um, because they do things mm -hmm. regularly, like ceremonies with psychedelics or with, you know, ayahuasca or, or mushrooms or, or whatever, you know, and, and even the kids are doing mm -hmm. this stuff and, and it's not a harmful thing, but it wasn't until America, you know, the United States decided to demonize these things and, and, in the 60s and 70s you know it was that's when we started losing out on the research right. behind this stuff but but yeah it's it's definitely helped i i feel like i've lost a lot of time um with like my kids and my family and yeah. stuff you know for from being depressed and suffering from anxiety uh, and not being able to talk and, and having rageful yeah. outbursts and things like that but you know the now you know it's like i, I can just look back and be like okay that happened, move forward, you know, just keep yeah. moving on. So like, where, where are you at now? Like you said, you, there is some still, what kind of lingering um, side effects do you think you, do you have that may be with you for like long-term with COVID? Well, so I think or, it's important to share kind of like what, what I think. So my, my health is, or the health issues that I still have, they're not from COVID. They're COVID triggered an autoimmune reaction of something that was probably living inside my body already and just triggered it, jump-started it. And so the question was, you know, well, <laughs> I see the kitty cat. <laughs> um the, the, you know, the, the question is like, would I have had it, you know, anyway, or did COVID just kind of, you know, make it happen sooner or in a different way. But when I first started having all these strange symptoms and everyone, you know, was seeing these odd things happen to people who had long haul COVID, um, all the doctors that I went to, you know, just, just, they would, you know, I go to a doctor and I get a referral to a neurologist and then that, that doctor would refer me to a, a rheumatologist and that rheumatologist would say, you know, you don't really have enough of these symptoms. So maybe go back to neurologist. And it just kind of kept going um, back and forth. And in hindsight now, of course, it's so much easier for me to have like a bigger picture and see that, you know, like most autoimmune diseases, um, they just take a really long time to really track mm -hmm. your symptoms, 
be seen regularly, have regular lab lab work because, you know, you just don't walk in off the street and say, well, you know, I'm having these symptoms. I can't, I haven't been able to sleep for three months and my whole body hurts or I keep getting this nerve pain and uh, I don't feel like myself. And, you know, you're coming off of having COVID. Well, you know, they're going to be reluctant to give any diagnosis because it's just, that was still like a, the, the great unknown. So I, I did change yeah. one of my doctors. I decided to see a new rheumatologist and part of that was logistics, you know, just easier for me to get to these appointments for location and time. But I also wanted to get a different set of eyes on all of my uh, medical history and um, the medications I'm taking. And, you know, I, I had kind of given up on trying to find any diagnosis. I just needed to learn to live with my symptoms. So that was really all I had been um, working on. But, you know, recently I made the decision that I wanted to make another try at maybe seeing a different doctor. And, and I'm glad I did because again, it just kind of that, that time situation really is helping. I think with this new doctor that I'm seeing, because now he has 18 months, two years of symptoms that are consistent um, they're identifiable yeah. you, and, and there's this history, right? So now, now this doctor has kind of the luxury of this yeah. bigger picture of like, okay, these things have been happening for this long. Now I, I think we might have a better idea. So, um, that this was just very recent and I haven't even done my due diligence of Googling all of, <laughs> all of what he said <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, um, be my own doctor when I get home. But um, but he, he did feel that I present, um, pretty, pretty solid fibromyalgia, um, symptoms and that that is separate from this other piece that I've, um, there's been some blood work that shows up, um, and it's an, it's called an ANA test and it's been indicating that I have a, an autoimmune disease called scleroderma. And scleroderma is unique and it can be pretty benign or it can be really serious depending on like, you know, the, the level that you have it. But it's my understanding that it is, um, you know, there's usually will happen in like joints and different parts, like your elbows and wrists where the, there's little patches of skin that will thicken and become hard. And that's like your external you know, skin, but that can happen inside of you as well. So if it does like something like that to your organs, you know, obviously there's going to be some issues, but, um, I, I don't present with everything that, so the blood test is, you know, pretty, diff, pretty much like, okay, well, this is the one, if we're picking the one, this is the one she would have, but, um, you know, they would never diagnose me with just that blood test. So I would have to have, you know, pass these other markers. And, and, and the way it was described to me is that it may never happen. I may never fully get all of those symptoms. Um, or it may take a long time for me to have some of those symptoms and they might go away. But the nerve pain he associated with 
the fibromyalgia and that my system is possibly not processing certain sensations correctly. So um, I'm mistaking certain sensations for pain and they're not in, in there's no pain. It's just, um, it's misfiring in my brain. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Cause, cause there's, uh, I, I've had a, I had a friend a long time ago that was in college with me that had fibromyalgia pretty bad. Um, and, and so she told me quite a bit about what that was like and, and it sounded yeah. horrible. Um, I'm looking right now at the scleroderma. It's, uh, or, I don't is know it, how you is it S? Scleroderma is what? how it's <laughs> pronounced oh. on the site. Scleroderma. Is that what you were talking about? Scleroderma? Yes. Um, that, yeah, that, yeah, tightening mm -hmm. of the skin. Um, I remember in the last episode you were on, like we talked about, and you said that there was yeah. issues with the, uh, with like nerve pain or like you felt like the, there was like those shocks or whatever, like. Um, yeah, or, it, it felt like you know, little shocks so, and things are on, on the I, skin. So when I wasn't on any medication to manage the pain, it, it, it felt like I would, especially at night, I would get these really sharp jolts that felt like electric shocks and they burned and the only way to like, you'd feel it acute. I would feel it acutely in one, wherever it was. And there were no rules. It could be anywhere, but, um, I would feel the little shock. And the only way to kind of make that sensation and that burning feeling go away was to like, kind of rub that area and, and kind of, or smack it to kind of trick it out of that sensation, you know, give it something different. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it wow. feels like spiders, you know, it feels like that tickly crawly feeling. It's really oh. awful. It's I horrible. hate that feeling. Cause like oh. now that I have, now that I have this long ass <laughs> hair, I'm like, <laughs> I, every once in a while, like I have my shirt off and like my hair will like touch like down my back or down one of my arms. <laughs> like, ah, like jump and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, Oh, that's just my hair. Because I mean, where we live in the Midwest, like once it starts warming up around here, we do have, I mean, it's not a problem, but there are a lot of yeah. spiders that come into the house. I've got little traps everywhere and, and spray some stuff every once in a while, but um, I don't mind spiders so much. I, I mean, but uh I'm very paranoid about the uh, the brown recluse spider because those are around here and and I've caught them like on like I would hang a shirt on my bedpost and then like when I get up I just automatically almost like shake out my clothes before I put a shirt on you know things like that just because I have found a spider oh, in my clothes God. before and it's just like it's just a weird thing and it's funny too because i just showed my kids uh, a couple weeks ago the movie mm -hmm. arachnophobia for the first time and and i hadn't seen it in a long time and and then i'm like ah oh. now i'm like you know <laughs> it's like fresh in the mind now and now that it's getting warmer you know like around here i mean it's 
the weather is ridiculous. It's like it snowed like two or three days ago, and now it's like 80 degrees out. And I'm like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. I hate the Midwest. But yeah, it's, it's been bugs. some unusual <laughs> weather here too. But we don't, I mean, I know we have some, we don't really have poisonous, too many poisonous spiders out here. Um, maybe Eastern Washington. I think that we've had brown recluse around here as well, but not, you know, they don't, they don't take over or anything. You know, it's kind of more, it's the, it would be unusual, I yeah. think. But it, it's like, it just always reminds me of the meme when, uh -huh. like, you know, I, I found a spider in my shower today and I proceeded to yeah. uh, burn the house down. Oh, I can. <laughs> Or I, gra I carefully grabbed a, a piece of tissue and yeah. then I burned the house yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, that the that sensation is but, the, uh, probably one that's got to be in the top 10 of the least favorite things I've gone through. Um, yeah, so that that stuff's under control. Um, I'm trying to think of the other things. That's good. That, that's good to hear. I mean, honestly, it's been a lot of just trying to trying to get my energy levels back up. I'm doing a lot better with that. Um, being able to process my thoughts and find my words and, and recall. Yeah. Like, you know? like how's that, that brain fog and the, and the sleeping yeah. and stuff is that, well, how is you know, that? I kind of wonder, yeah. it's so hard to know because I was getting better before I stopped taking some of the medications that had a lot of side effects last August. And then I had to go through that kind of horrible time where that was working its way out of my system. And then, you know, it, it, it did get better probably October, November and of this, just this last fall. And it, it was nice because I could see progress, but then I'd hit a plateau and you just kind of go, is this it? Is this, as good as it gets? Is this how I plan my life now? And then, you know, you, you get over another milestone or you're, you find yourself not needing to nap anymore during the day. And that's where I really felt like that the biggest progress was, is I could make it through my day without needing a nap. Um, sometimes I still have really awful days where it's hard for me to get up out of bed. My body hurts. I just, I'm just exhausted. And, um, that's just, kind of what I've been dealing with for, for a while now, but those days are not as frequent. Um, they're like the exception and, you know, I haven't had to miss very much work. That's been another big thing is being able to just be at work every day, but I'm not quite to the point where I have a lot of energy after work. <laughs> um, I, and maybe everyone's like that, but yeah. I really, really feel depleted. Um, you know, when, when the clock hits 5 PM, sometimes I'm really watching that clock cause I'm just exhausted, but <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I don't have a Come lot of energy to go do much after work. And I used to have pre COVID. I mean, I think just socially, there were a lot of things to do. Um, I, I haven't added any of that back to my life. So, um, you know, I, I chill at night and, you know, I still, I don't, I haven't really been able to drink since COVID. So um, alcohol hasn't 
you know, that's just not something I, at home by myself or even, even if my partner's home, I, I just don't drink with him even with at dinner or anything. Um, but if we go to dinner out or with a friend or something, I'll have like an like occasional drink, but it just makes me feel awful. So that's when stoner me comes out and that's what, <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's, it's me time. It's my me time. Yeah. yeah. I've just recently started reintroducing, like for a while I couldn't, uh, like when I was on a bunch of medications and when I was kind of like going through a lot of stuff, I, I was smoking quite a bit. Um, and I don't know if that like contributed to anything, but I think it, at the time it kind of helped balance me out because I was on like amphetamines and all kinds of different, you know, antipsychotics and stuff, you know? So I was like, felt like a, I don't know, like a manic zombie. Like I had no emotion, but I was like constantly doing things because I was like wired and I'm like, I gotta keep doing stuff, you know? And so I would like smoke and it would just like kind of balance me out. But once I got off those medications, um, I would, if I would try to smoke, then it would just make me like super paranoid and like feel like a lot of yeah. anxiety. So I was like, let me just cut, cut that out. And so I stopped doing that for like a year and a half. Um, like all together, I just quit doing it. And then I started drinking a little more here and there to kind of work through some of the anxiety and stuff. And, and just kind of like as a, uh, instead of using pain relievers, I would drink a little bit and just kind of get relaxed yeah. and, you know, and work through that. But uh, once I got off all the meds and then I was doing the microdosing and everything, I wasn't um, really drinking. And then, I've, I've started introducing it back in and I, I drink here and there and I drink while I'm recording a show and, and, and you know, maybe like once a week mm -hmm. at most, you know, like I'll sit there and have a few drinks, but it's not nearly as bad as when I was like full blown yeah. alcoholic, you know, like I was drinking every night, you know, like either a bottle or, or a 12 pack or whatever, you know, but um, your that, cat that is really like literally doing the Dewey decimal system with your files behind you right now. Yeah, I have never like seen a cat so busy in an office and like with a purpose. She, this is like the, that's the kitchen over there. And this is gotcha. like the office part, but like she's, when she, when she hears me talking oh. is when she starts like, Oh, I need to, yeah, she's busy, stuff. man. I need to mess with stuff. And, but, uh, but yeah, like, and, and then I, I didn't want to feel that anxiety from smoking weed. Um, so mm -hmm. I kind of cut that out. But since they've legalized the like Delta 8 and Delta 9 and some of these other different cannabinoids that are in THC or parts of THC, I, I've started kind of dabbling in that a little bit. Um, I found I can't really do it if I'm doing yeah. other things. Like if I have things to do, I can't do that. But like at night, as kind of a little ritual, um, like I'll, I'll go to bed and then I puff on like a, a vape that I have of the Delta eight. Um, and, and they have like a, a vape that's for all the different kinds of strains of cannabis mm -hmm. that are out there. And so I've got like one of each, I've got a hybrid and a sativa and an indica, and it just depends on how I feel that night. I'll take like one or two puffs on it and it does change or alter 
my perceptions a little bit, but then I'll like lay in bed and then start reading. And if it gets to be too much, like I, I found the first, I'm kind of used to it now because I've been slowly building up my tolerance. Because you, you probably know that like when you have no tolerance mm -hmm. to THC, that first, like if you took like a big, if you smoked like one big bowl, you know, like your mind would be blasted and it like, you'd just be like, holy shit, like I'm fucking stoned, you know, like, and, and when that happens to me is when the huge anxiety and paranoia stuff comes out. Um, so the first time I tried the Delta eight thing was I, um, got a pretty good bit of anxiety but what I did was I learned, I, I used some of the tools, some of the things I've learned over the past couple of years with trying different methods of, of meditation uh, and mindfulness. And I was able to lay there and kind of work through that anxiety and, and, and trace where it was stemming from. And it was like a tension in the back of my neck that was sending my mind into this kind of spiral of looping thoughts and, and whatever. And, and I just told myself that it's okay. There's nothing to worry about. And, and then I started to force myself kind of to focus on positive things, like focused on positive thinking instead of going through the spiral of, of what used to happen was just spiral of negativity after, you know, just, and, and lots of, negative self-talk and things like that, you know, just like, nobody likes me. I'm a fucking idiot. You know, like I'm so stupid. I wasted my whole life, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff that just would send me into a bad, uh, bad downward spiral. And, uh, I, I just kind of countered that. I'm like, there's nothing to worry about. I'm, I just used a little bit of this <laughs> cannabis and, and it's, it's making my brain, uh, think in different ways mm -hmm. than it's used to. And I don't have to be in constant control of how, everything and how I think and all this stuff, but I can tell myself that it's okay. And it's, it's okay to not be okay. And I'm like, am I not okay? And, and then I'm like, actually, I, I'm, I am okay. I, I don't know why I'm feeling yeah. like I'm not okay. And, and it, I think it's just a thing that we've learned or I've taught myself over time is that if I feel a certain way, then automatically means yeah. a negative it automatically means mm -hmm. a bad thing and there's nothing it, there's no such thing as good or bad you know it's all different shades of every kind of human emotion that we have so my wife says it all the time there's no good or bad you, you always just you can't describe things it's it's either good or bad and i'm like okay i mean so i'm looking for other descriptor words and <laughs> they never come to me but Sometimes I'm like, okay, I just tell myself it's not bad. It's not good. It, it's something else. And so yeah. I just explore that and, and yeah. work through it. And that's what like I found is, is, mm -hmm. is working. So now that I have a tolerance built up and it doesn't hit me as hard, I can lay there and be like, yeah, yeah this is cool. You know, like mm -hmm. I can read for a while and if, or if I'm watching something like a TV show, if it gets to be too much, like if it's right. like too overwhelming mm -hmm. sometimes, cause I'm like, I'm like, if I get high, I'm like, I can't focus. And, and that sends me into another thing. Yeah. Like I can't, you know, so I'm like, uh, I don't like to not feel 
like mm-hmm. I'm in control. So like, if I can't control my thoughts, then I'm like, I start yeah. freaking out. So I'm like, it, it's okay to just chill and not think. And if I'm watching something and I can't focus on it, then I'm like, just mm-hmm. turn it off. Just do something else. Just don't, you know, or if I just want to lay there and think about things and come up with cool ideas of things to do on a podcast, then I'm like, I can write some stuff down or, you know, brainstorm about something else. I don't have to force myself to sit there and focus on something if that's not what I'm in the mood right. for, you know, and, and, and it's been working. It's been, it takes good. up a lot of space, you know, and I've read so much lately <laughs> for like six years. I didn't read one comic book or manga or book or novel or even stuff. I like to read about like science and things like that, you know, but yeah, it's, 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 it's been going pretty good. Well, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, definitely a journey. And, you know, I, I found it difficult to know, at least with what I was going through, what, my symptoms really were because of the medications. And, um, I think they work for many people. I don't think that the ones I was taking at least were the right kind. And, um, actually, you know, I felt like the reasons I was, I had taken them initially didn't exist anymore. So it was, um, I feel a lot better. I mean, it's still, I still from time to time have a hard time because of, the memory gaps where I don't remember things and, or I feel really Mm -hmm. bad because you were mentioning time, you know, lost, lost time, just, you know, with, with yourself dealing with these things and you can't be with other people. And, um, you know, especially when you're a parent, you just really, just really the probably worst part, I think. And, I find myself now really trying to make up for that, you know, and, and part of that is taking care of myself though. Um, so that oh, I can yeah, be absolutely. there for my kids, um, you know, as th- that they're adults now, but you know, I, I'm there for them and I can be there for them and I can make special days or weekends to spend time with them because I can actually get out of my house or get out and get out of bed and, so everything I do during the week, it's pretty regimented in order for me to just be able to manage my job, you know, care, care for myself and my home and my family. Um, and then maybe on the weekends have a little bit of energy to do something and see my kids. But um, if I stop taking the medicines that I'm taking now or stop taking them as well as I do now, like at different times, or I get off a sleep schedule, it, it is pretty disruptive. And, you know, I, I, I just avoid it. I, and I'm, I feel bad because I decline a lot of different things to do. And, um, but, but yeah, I'm just, this is my next steps is just getting back into life really basic things. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, I think we've all been through so much the last few years. Um, you know, obviously the pandemic was so big, but then we start to see the signs of that lifting and 
living with COVID in a different way. And, you know, the world has gone insane and we're watching, you know, Russia invade a peaceful country. And now we're in month two of this. And I worry about all of our mental health. I mean, I, I just, yeah, we're all trying. I feel like we're, we are all trying to live our day-to-day lives because we have to, but this elephant that sits in the room is just taking up all of this, all of the room and it's heavy. Yeah. There's like a, there's, there's a, there's a few people that I know that refer to the state of the world right now as, as the world is in a state of psychosis, yeah. like a constant psychosis. And, and that, that kind of, I mean, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I, I think that, yeah, like throughout time and history, there's been a lot of crazy shit that's happened to us humans on this planet. Um, and we've overcome a lot of things, um, but the to say that everyone, you know, obviously we're more aware of mental health things nowadays than we ever were, you know, and, and, and we can identify and be aware that that everyone nowadays that lives in our society and like works a normal job or whatever, a nine to five or, or you know, and has a family and and friends and like we're we're all going through stuff you know but to throw the last couple years like you know a deadly virus and and now a war you know it's really it's kind of history repeating itself i think in a way but like it's 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 a lot more present in everyone's day-to-day life because we see it so much more because mm-hmm. of technology. Like we are more aware than people were back in like during World War II or during the uh, um, the Ebola virus right. or, you know, uh, the Spanish mm-hmm. flu or, you know, the, um, what's the other one with the mm-hmm. or polio thing, you know, all these different things that happened throughout our history those people back then were only aware of it as much as their community mm-hmm. was because of newspapers or, or whatever they would hear from their neighbors, you know, but now we hear about what's going on on the opposite side of the planet minute by minute, you know, up to date minute by minute updates on everything that's going on worldwide. And I don't think our brains were meant to, encapsulate all that massive amount of data mm-hmm. all at once. And that is what's making that psychosis. You know, we're all, everyone, even if they're, you know, we're just sitting at our house or we're, you know, playing video games or talking to friends online or whatever, like everybody's freaking yeah. the fuck out because there's so much yeah. shit going on. And, and hundreds of years ago, there wasn't, there, there was mm-hmm. still shit going on. You just weren't aware of it. It wasn't right in your right. face, you know, like, <laughs> so like nowadays we're like, holy fuck, there's a lot going on. I'm freaking out, you know? And it's like, as yeah. well, you should be. And if you're not, there mm-hmm. is something wrong with you. You know, <laughs> If you are not freaking out by a war going on and a deadly virus sweeping the planet, then I don't, I don't know. 
some kind of superhuman, you know, like it doesn't, isn't affected by shit. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it, it's it crazy. Pretty messed up. Really? I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, it is, it's just so messed up. And the fact that we're watching it right now and like you said, we get the, yeah. you know, each morning I do, I'll admit, I, that's what I look at in the morning. I want to see if anything happened that I want to know about and be aware of. Um, and as much as Putin likes to threaten, you know, if this country does this, then I'm going to do that. And, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any boundaries yeah. for him. Yeah. And, and we're threatening like mm -hmm. sanctions and all this stuff. And it's like, it, it, it's, it's a weird game that's going on. It's almost like a, like a chess game, like any war is, you know, where you, you know, players mm -hmm. make the moves, you know, but this is very, it seems way more drawn out because we're yeah. watching it like every second, you know, and it's very difficult not to, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, yeah. And I mean, just I alarming to the, the number of people in the United States that don't really think this is a problem to your point, or they thought they think yeah. that Ukrainians should have just surrendered and none of this would have happened. You know, hmm. I, it's just, it's just insane, insanity. Well, we, we all know you, you and I know that there's a lot of people here in America that are, for lack of better terms, just not fucking mm -hmm. with it. They're like, <laughs> They're, they, they don't get it. They don't understand that what's going on and, and they choose to put their head in the sand and, and say like what they think is best for the rest of the people in the world. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. And, you know, just as a female, like every day that I see a state challenge Roe v. Wade or make their own laws that are working towards taking away the reproductive rights of females and trans people. I, you know, there's this, just that this building pressure, it just feels like, you know, it's, it's, uh, something that's going to implode at some point because these are like really like sig very significant issues that I just never thought I would ever see happen. I don't understand why now, except for appealing to a base for political reasons, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the key. It's that, it's that politics thing. But you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried about and... my reproductive health, but I have daughters who are young women. <laughs> And I care about all, all females making their own decisions and having privacy about what those decisions are, whether it's reproductive health or any female health, you know, it's just nobody's business, but we're, we're watching, we're watching it happen right now. Um, and there is there has to be a reckoning and I'm really scared about that because I know it has to happen, 
we we have to figure out how to legalize this but I, you know i just i think that they're going to take away roe v wade first before that happens and you know there's just a lot of stuff i didn't mean to like go down this path i must be coming down from my my high man <laughs> like why, why did i bring up abortion <laughs> Hey, I, I think it's cool. I think we should dig into it. Um, let's let's go ahead and take okay. a break real quick um, so I can have that spot to edit and stuff. So let's take a break real quick. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to stop this. We'll be right back, folks. Uh, hang in there. And we're going to touch into some more stuff. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to the Wormhole Manifest podcast. Um, me and Erica were sitting here, and we were touching on a lot of good stuff on that first uh, half. Um, we were catching up with her and with her battle with COVID um, over the last couple of years and catching up and seeing how she was doing um, ever since uh, last September when she was on the first episode. Um, and so we, we talked a good deal about that. Um, and we just left off, uh, and we started talking about the, uh, uh, Erica brought up reproductive rights, and I think that's an important subject, actually. Um, and, and I think we should, uh, um, first, I want to say that um, I'm glad that you're doing better. Um, now, I know it's still a struggle, uh, and, and a lot of us are struggling with different things, but you have really had a, a fight. You know, you've had this war going on uh, within your life, and 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 I'm I'm glad to see that you're you're hanging in there, and, and things are progressing and getting better. Um, so that makes me feel good that 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 it's all it's all coming around, and, and, and things are picking up. Um, going uh, when you <laughs> the first thing that I thought of when when you mentioned the the Roe versus Wade thing, and I don't really know what that means or a lot behind that i, I kind of know from media and stuff but when i start thinking of uh, reproductive rights I, and the things i've seen in the media and, and about how people are you know states like texas or, or uh, i think it's florida recently or something that is banning abortion and, and, and all this stuff or how it's but the thing that comes to my mind is is handmaid's tale and uh, Rachel and I watched that and there's not an episode that goes by that I see that doesn't like infuriate me that and, and makes me like basically just like hate right wing Republican like men white men like <laughs> it just makes me like so mad that the things that go on in that show and, and, and how it's possible to, you know, like our society could devolve into something like that with, with the way that these, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, like the, the, the Puritans and, and the and Christians and, and all this stuff. And it's not, I know it's not all Christians, but it just, it's, 
I was brought up in a very religious upbringing and I abandoned it pretty quickly. Um, but, uh, and, and I'm not an atheist by any means. Uh, I don't even, even when I went in the military, I, I told people they made you choose what your religious beliefs were to put on your mm -hmm. dog tags. When you join the military, yeah. you have to have whatever your re religious preference is. And, and so I asked the guy next to me and I'm like, I don't know what I am. And he's like, well, what, how did, how were you brought up? And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess I was brought up like Christian or, you know, I, I went to a Lutheran grade school, you know, and, and learned everything in the Bible backwards and forwards, you know, and every Bible story. And, and my mom and dad were pretty big Christians and, uh, and every holiday we watched the Bible movies and, Jesus this and that and Easter and Christmas and every other holiday that had some kind of media that was associated with it, that <laughs> was, you know, that involved Jesus or the stories, the Bible stories and things. So I grew up like that. And, and nowadays, a lot of kids don't grow up like that. Um, but watching The Handmaid's Tale, it, it makes me think about those things. And I'm like, holy shit, like, that it's just a fucked up well, show and and i dude. love it but i i am so mm. mad at, at white men <laughs> after watching an episode um just a minute matt let her in <laughs> or maybe not she she i thought she was gonna howl at the door all night well just just for <laughs> reference um so I was born in 1974, and so I, I just grew up thinking that my right to choose whether or not I have a baby or not um, was my right that it's a, it's a law. I, I actually didn't know um, very much about what gave me the right to have that choice until... Uh, you know, this movement in the last, I would say six, six, seven years that we've seen um, kind of spreading like wildfire amongst certain states where those rights are being challenged in the, in ways that I, I don't think anyone ever thought would be possible. And so then I was like, well, how can that, how can that be? Um, so Roe v. Wade isn't a law, you know, it's just a decision in this U.S. Supreme Court. And it, that happened in 1973. So the year before I was born is when Roe v. Wade was, was um, recognized. And yeah, and, uh, I, and I, and, and I do know now I, I looked it up and I'm like, oh, I do remember. Uh, so, but, but I don't, I, I don't think I'm alone in that thinking that, you know, you know, we thought that a lot of people assumed it's a law. Now, um, the more I know <laughs> over the last few years is that, you know, I grew up in mainly Northern states, um, Northwest, and I live in a state that has had, you know, fairly easy access to abortions for women. But 
that is not the case in all of the states. And um, they've been able to make it difficult for, um, with laws, make it restrictive, but uh, they've also made it difficult or just made it impossible with uh, the number of physicians can, who can perform these things or the number of clinics. So they're, they, they're just like these reproductive clinic deserts where there's nothing out there. So women are having to travel to other states and that's expensive. Um, that's something that not everyone has the resources for. So those things aren't actually new. That's just something I didn't know about until because I've been living in my bubble and, you know, I was born in 74. It all was good. I live in a Northern state. It's been accessible. And then until the state started challenging these things, um, you know, I, I was oblivious. So um, I don't know a lot about this, but I know enough to know just how bad this is and just how, I mean, this is terrifying. This should be terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. I think we're like, we're in that, that 70s show like together. Like, right. I, remember, like, I, I think of the, these things and, and, and you're right about the bubble thing. Like if you were more, I'm not sure. I don't know. I've, I've actually never been to the, the, Pacific Northwest. Uh, the closest I came was I was in like Idaho, mm-hmm. I think, once mm-hmm. for work. Um, and we'll, we'll it, claim it. Yeah, it was very we'll different. Claim Idaho. Like, me... <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, but being in this like Bible mm-hmm. Belt area where I've grown up in the Midwest, you know, like yeah, there it's it's uh, very just a lot of Puritan value kind of things that get. Taught, you know, like, and, and, and I went to, uh, like I said, I went to a Lutheran grade school. So it, it, I think it was probably more progressive than I give it credit for because I owe pretty much the majority of my basic fundamental like education to that school, mm-hmm. where versus, you know, because it was a private school that I went to, I feel fortunate. Um, because in the city that I lived and yeah, it was a big city. There was a lot of, I got the witness when I, when I left that school in seventh grade and went to another public school, how different it was and, and going to a public school, like in a, in a different neighborhood than I was used to was kind of a culture shock to me. And, and it was, I think I value it now looking back, but um, the mo- the majority of my education that I got was at that Lutheran school and, and they did a really good job of like, you know, basic stuff, you know, like English and math and, and, and got my curiosities going. But the thing that threw me off was the constant, like everything was religion based mm-hmm. or like Christian based, um, even though if you think about it, like Lutherans were kind of like the mm-hmm. rebels of the Christians back in the day. So they did, it, it wasn't like pure, like Roman Catholic, yeah. you know? So like they, you know, they were about things like, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, what am I thinking of? 
I'm thinking of a Monty Python. Oh. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you're, you're allowed to basically have sex and not oh, the intention yeah. to have kids, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, they're, they're okay with that. But like in the whole original, like, I guess, mm -hmm. Roman Catholic thing, it was the whole reproductive thing was the point of it was to bear children. And, uh, yeah, you know, like the, the Lutherans were, were kind of against mm -hmm. all that puritanical kind of stuff initially. And so I'm like, okay, I guess that kind of makes sense, you know, and, but now I'm in a place where I'm like, I'm not atheist. Um, but I, I, I've seen things that I believe, you know, and I've read and I've researched stuff that I, I think there's a whole different thing, uh, as far as like mm -hmm. higher powers or, or beliefs, you know, like you and yeah. I have talked in, in tweets back and forth about like alien, ancient aliens and stuff, you know, there's just way too much interesting and cool shit out there to yeah. learn than to just blindfold ourselves and say, we're going to pick this belief and we're going to stick with that and all of its teachings, you know, without researching everything else yeah. that's possible. No, I, know? I agree. I mean, so. I think, I do think theology is fascinating, but it's so absurd, you know? Um, and yeah. this is a, you know, this topic of, women's reproductive and health rights is, is a perfect example. And the whole Gilead, you know, handmade it, it, this is, this is so just on brand for that. And, you know, if you really do study any theology, you, you do learn that most of it was created by governments trying to control their populations by making moral laws yeah. and, um, you know, also following somewhat of the caste system of like how, how religion and churches, um, you know, recognize status and, and, you know, we live in a country that did not want, you know, we wanted that separation of church and state. Um, and now we're just like, what did we, did we miss? Did we miss that? Did we, we were like, because <laughs> if, if that's, if, if we are having this discussion and, and these conflicts about whether or not a woman can go choose whether or not she's going to become a parent and bear a child. And if it's all because life begins at inception and killing is against the Bible laws. Um, so if that's the, if that's the discussion and that's the reason that we're making this illegal or going towards that, um, you know, there is no separation yeah. of church and state and there's that there has no business none right i'm really high right now i'm sorry yeah, and it, and i'm just like campaigning pretty yeah. hard for my cause <laughs> yeah. the 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 you're right though i mean it's it, it where is that separation you know and and it's amazing that i i have a bunch of friends now that i that i talk to pretty regularly and and they didn't grow up with this uh, religious background and it's amazing to me because they're all younger than me than us and 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 i'm witnessing that that things are changing you know because 
everybody our age like kind of grew up and, and knew these things about these laws of that originated from a mm -hmm. religion you know like or a religious base um you know good and bad and that's kind of like like i was saying earlier you know it's it's not just good and bad yeah. you, you, you know there's no black or white kind of thing when it comes to what is really right and wrong you know there's just like what you believe i i, I I don't know like it, it's very complex uh, but i think you hit it on the hill the the hill oh, the nail <laughs> you, you hit it on the hail man um you said it's it hail, depends on hail? what you believe that's that is the most critical piece of this that that's what you believe that's what i it is your own belief and we should be allowed to have that but not impose it on other people that's not, that's not what having yeah. your own belief it's is right about. There. Hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and it can't like, I mean, yeah, you can have freedom of religion and, and, and all that and think that we live in America where there is freedom of religion and you're able to practice whatever you believe. Um, but yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah, they're right. Crazy. Um, there's, there's so many things like, yes, we allow, mm -hmm. we, yes, the, the people in control, the, the white man allows all these people to move into the country or live here and create a life and, and the mm -hmm. American dream. I'm going to mm -hmm. do that one too. Um, but, and, and, and yes, those, those different people from different cultures or different cultural backgrounds may prosper in different areas. But are they truly mm -hmm. free here in this country? Like that, I think, is something that needs more research and discussion because they, if you're forced to abide by Christian mm -hmm. law in a country that says, yes, there's freedom to practice your religion. Um, and this kind of goes along with the psychedelic thing. I'll bring that back in because there's... There's a religion that um, does ceremonies with ayahuasca, um, the psych psychedelic substance that includes DMT, um, and that is part of their religion. So that is how they are able to basically get away with performing ceremonies using a substance that oh, has been like yeah. Schedule One or Two uh, outlawed since the the '60s. So um they're able to, to to do that because of the freedom of religion yeah. thing but like is it really freedom like i mean it's it's not a legalized substance you know and even though dmt can be found in almost every living thing on the planet like you can extract dmt from uh i mean our own brains produce this substance like it, it's a very mm -hmm. minimal amount and it might be like in the pineal gland or something like that but like uh it's found in trees and plants and animals and you know you can very easily extract the substance um with the right tools and, and process and chemicals and things that you need to extract it um which is way different than like what albert hoffman did when he uh uh discovered lsd mm -hmm. in the 30s you know like that was a very you know using the the uh, ergo 
the uh, sub or the uh, the what am I, the fungus ergot or ergo. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and then just you know discovered LSD by complete accident, and and you know ended up tripping and riding his bicycle home that day, and um, that's why we claim that day is bicycle. <laughs> It's the day in 1938 nice. when he discovered LSD. I did not know but, that. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> um, man, where was I going? Um, I, I'm drinking this. Uh, I tried yeah. something new today. And last last episode, I was like, I'm going to do something new, and I'm going to try a different mm -hmm. wine mm -hmm. every episode. Um, and I and I tried the Snoop Dogg wine, which was by 19 Crimes, and and it. And, and it's good, but I made the mistake of saying that it's not bad. And and that was like, you know, it, it's definitely not good if you that's, just say that's, it's not bad. You know? Right. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm trying something new today. And it's this uh, thing by Goose Island Beer Company that has been around since like the 80s um, in Chicago. Um, like a craft brewing place. But this is a tropical beer hug a beach vacation for your taste buds. I don't know. There's eh. light. Oh, Tropical cool. beer hug. Yeah. Like a bear that's with cool. glasses. It's Goose Island. That looks like a good one. Um, but it's it's not what I expected. Oh. Oh. I didn't even read the bottom. I was like, it, it tastes like an IPA. Yeah. You know, if you know, like an Indian pale ale. Well, I mean, I just, <laughs> well, I'm not sure how you missed that. <laughs> I, I don't know either. I, it's you know, attention to detail, I guess. Well, I had uh, my own uh, little, little cocktail, but in the, in the form of flour. And it was called a purple punch. <laughs> Uh, indica hybrid. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm so out of the loop with weed. I used to just get whatever I could get because here in the Midwest, it's it's we we didn't have. I think now we mm -hmm. have a dispensary in the next town over, which is like maybe 15, 20 minutes away. Um, but obviously you need like medical card oh, and, okay. and stuff like that, and I haven't, and I haven't gotten that yet. Um, I've mm -hmm. been thinking about getting it, but at the time when it was, became available, because it finally got voted into legalization a year and a half okay. ago, I think. And um, I had I had already stopped smoking at that point, so I was like working on myself in other ways, mm -hmm. you know. Like <laughs> uh, it was just last year at this point in time. And that I, I started growing my own mushrooms, you know, like, and I was like, I need to make enough, just enough to get me by for a while until I can get off yeah. all these medications. And, you know, and it took, it took me that whole time until I think I dropped down. It was like last, it was, it was probably right around when I was starting the podcast last September was when I got dropped down to the, the one medication and, and that was the last one. Um, so it had been a year and a half at that point that I've been tapering off all those medications um, and working on myself in different ways. And uh, it was, I started a year ago is when I started microdosing all the time. 
um, to get off of those that last two or three medications yeah. I was on. And uh, man, but it just made it like a hundred times easier to get off of the medications because I felt no withdrawal mm -hmm. symptoms. Um, and I was working with my doctor. I didn't tell them. I still haven't told them that I'm right. using psychedelics <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to get off that. But I'm like, and it's the VA, you know, and it's like, you know, they're, I don't know what their view is on it yet. Um, I don't know what their view is but, either, uh, but whenever I used to take my dad to the VA hospital, they just were always so compassionate. I, I'm, I'm very lucky that I found that I decided to go when I went because before I was using my private mm -hmm. insurance that I had through my previous job, which I mean, was military, but I was a, a civilian technician um, that wore a uniform. So like I had Blue Cross mm -hmm. Blue Shield uh, insurance and I was going and paying my co-pays for therapy and, and, and doing all this stuff and paying a certain amount for prescriptions and, and all that. And um, I still do that with the VA that you, you have to pay you don't pay a copay, but there's a certain amount that's like a percentage. And I think it's just because I have private health oh, insurance right. through my re through, through yeah. my retirement. They're like, well, you have private health insurance, so you may as well pay us some money. You know, if I had no health insurance whatsoever, the VA would cover it, you know, because right. I'm a veteran. But because I'm still yeah. paying, you know, like they're like, oh, you might as well just pay for it. But it's not yeah. it's not very much. Um, um, but yeah, the the transition to get off of those meds. Like at first, I tried just drinking my anxiety oh, wow. away, yeah. like for the first first several months when I started weaning off of them. And in 2020, the beginning of the the pandemic, and then it was like I was like I need to do something else. And it was in November when uh, Rachel and I got some. I'd been looking high and low to find some some mushrooms and uh, couldn't find them. And then finally a guy that I know uh, came through and then, uh, yeah, that was, that was just such a, it was very basic. It wasn't like a breakthrough experience or anything, but like I realized so many things and it just did the trick. It just like switched that mm -hmm. switch in my brain to say, this is yeah. what I need to do. This is my way forward. And after that, I, started reading a lot and uh That's it was so just awesome. an amazing thing it was just like yeah. uh like the light came on you know well, i'm glad you're feeling better <laughs> like, too i uh, mean it's it's a fight it's a fight to get out of that it's like a cycle vicious cycle you, get, you need the medic medication for whatever it is and then you got to take everything else that comes with it, all the side effects, you know, the potential that it's not even the right one. And how do you know? Because yeah. you felt awful before, you still feel awful. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't ever want to go through that again. It's, it's just, it, it's so weird that the amount of, um, the main difference I've noticed is that there's, there's the levels of engagement, you know, like I was very um, like distracted and distant from all my surroundings for so long that it took basically like 
tripping on mushrooms to say, there's, you know, look, just look around you. There's, there's people yeah. in your life. There's, there's things going on. And I'm like, wow, like I can actually, like, it's okay. I can talk to people. It's, it's, that's something that I can do. Like I can, before I was like trying to talk to people was like pulling teeth and, and, and trying to talk on the phone when I was running my business because I run a computer repair shop. It was like immediate like tension. The phone would ring and I would just feel this rage build up mm -hmm. inside of me. And like I knew, I just knew that whoever was on the other line or on the other side of that phone line was someone that was a complete idiot that had nothing that was just going to tell me a bunch of bullshit that I yeah. didn't want to hear. And I was like enraged by this. And I'm like, I didn't give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, or anything. Now I talk on the phone like five or 10 times a day. And, and they're like, they're just regular people. And they're like, they're having an issue with a computer or something. And I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to know everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm here for. If you need me to check it out, just bring it by. And this is how we operate. And it's so like easy, yeah. you know, like before it was like very difficult to just I would hear the phone ring and instantly be triggered, you know, like triggered into this rage. And I was like, fuck, fuck my life. You know, I hate everything. And now it rings and I'm like, Hey, how's it going? No, that's <laughs> you know? awesome. It's just such a difference. It's, it's so different now. And I'm, and I'm glad. And, and especially like now that I can interact with my kids and stuff too, because man, they would trigger me in different ways, but I tried to mask yeah. it, but it was difficult, but, uh, okay. So, man, we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, so what do you plan to do going mm -hmm. forward? Um, obviously you have the, oh, this is something I thought of earlier when you were mentioning the, uh, newer, um, I don't know if it's a diagnosis or, or what they just mentioned, possibly the scleroderma. Yeah. Um, when, when you were describing that, what it reminded me of, and I don't know if you've seen the show Better Call Saul with uh, Bob Odenkirk. Um, I have watched like have just that? a couple of the first few episodes, but I'm familiar with, I know what it is, but. Um... Yeah. Um, well, there was a character in that. It's actually um, Bob Odenkirk plays a character uh, named Jimmy and he's mm -hmm. a lawyer. Um but he's also kind of like a con man, not really a, he's a mm -hmm. good person that just has a very unique skill of being able to yeah. do things that, you know, um, his brother is also a lawyer who is mm -hmm. older than him. Um, but his brother is a fucking asshole and <laughs> just a complete piece of shit. And, doesn't do anything whatsoever to help Jimmy's situations, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I don't blame Jimmy one bit. Uh, uh, by the way, the, the guy that plays Chuck, which is Jimmy's brother, is the guy that used to play. Um, oh, crap. What was his name? He, he's been in a, a bunch of movies. Okay. You know him. He, he was on Laverne and Shirley. It wasn't it, it wasn't Squiggy, but it was. Oh, Lenny, yeah. The, yeah. The actor mm -hmm. that played Lenny. Yeah. Like that actor, he's in all yeah. kinds of stuff and he has been, but he plays that part and he's just, man, <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate that character. But, uh, 
he has in that in the show he has some kind mm -hmm. of condition where he's very sensitive to mm -hmm. electronics and electricity and anywhere he goes it says that it makes him feel like actual yeah. physical pain and and but it's never been diagnosed with him he just tells people that that's yeah. what, what it is until he acts he got into an accident and had to go to the hospital and he was telling one of the the doctors um that he has this condition and they were like were you ever diagnosed mm -hmm. with that like why and he's like it hurts it's like pins and needles going in my skin and oh and, my and all this stuff so when you were describing it it, it mm -hmm. wasn't i wasn't trying to compare no. you to that like <laughs> no, I, I know it's really different um but but it reminded me of of that there there are people that do have yeah. conditions that are like almost 100 percent mm -hmm. mental conditions where it, it may be like i guess back in the day you used to call like psychosomatic like you believe you know or munchausen mm -hmm. syndrome like i i kind of dealt with that myself when when i was a kid my mom used to keep me home from mm. school a lot because she told me yeah. i was sick and i believed it you know i believed i was sick and and that's kind of why i uh i was really into eminem for quite a while because i felt like he could identify because i felt like he was yeah treated yeah. the same way in a, in a way um and so like when you're, when you're made to believe that you're sick, even though you don't feel sick, you know, it, it's kind of a mm -hmm. weird thing, but you have something. And I'm wondering at, at this point, where do we go? Like, where do the doctors, how do they treat something that may be like a, mm -hmm. a, like a neurological kind of thing that can, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that you, you feel what you feel. And, yeah. And um, I don't know what the effect of this is but he um prescribed of and he, he had to give me this huge disclaimer first <laughs> just tell me that this medication was used for this years before COVID ever existed it has nothing to do with that but he he prescribed hydrochloroquine uh i haven't picked it up yet mm. i have to go pick it up but um, the side effects are benign. Uh, you just need to get your eyes checked every year because it could change your vision a little bit, but like you stop taking it, I guess it's not like a permanent change or anything, but it can, it can make your uh, vision a little blurry, but that's about it. But apparently it has been successful with um, people with autoimmune um, disease disorders um, whatever, but they, yeah, I'm, I wasn't really wanting to try anything new, but at the same time, I'm curious because what if, what if it, yeah. what if it helped? And if the side effects aren't, you know, much to worry about, then I could, I could try it. But, uh, he did recommend taking it four to six months because it takes about that long to really fully be effective. That's good. I'll be, I'll be curious to, to hear how that. Yeah. Goes. So, um, the cool. other thing he said that has helped the most with, um, his, most of his patients that have symptoms like mine, um, 
And he said, it's counterintuitive because your body hurts and you have these pains, but rigorous activity, rigorous workout. Um, so that, that's something like I've known, I know I need to get back into like more than just what I do now, which is a lot of running around and no real routine and I'm active, but I'm not like really, you know, consciously trying to work out. But, um, someone on Twitter actually recommended I buy something. It's I have to look it up because I can't remember the name of it already. Um, but it's something that it was recommended for people who might have, um, a lot of aches and pains, arthritis, um, but even like restless leg syndrome, uh, where you need, you need to have some help getting in shape without, you know, hurting yourself, I guess, but it's called, let's yeah. find it here. Life pro relax a vibe vibration plate exercise machine. It's for supposed to help with circulation. Um, but also like, you know, weight loss, toning, building muscle, um, it can also help like improve your balance because there's different settings that you can use uh, where it's just the vibration sensation. And apparently if you use just that and not like this, it's kind of got like this rocking tipping um, movement where you're kind of constantly using all your muscles to keep balanced. Um, if you put it on the setting, that's just the vibration. Apparently that it, it like increases your circulation it helps ease um, a lot of the aches and pains that you might have if you're, you know, if you have arthritis and you have those aches and pains, it, it takes a lot of the pain out of the working out, I guess. And then you can build up to different levels. There's um, resistant resistance bands that can be attached. It's got like a Bluetooth thing. You can play music, you can, you know, watch all the videos or whatever, but it was pricey. Um, but I am at that point where I'm like, I need to do something drastic. And if this is something that potentially could work, it's, it's worth it to me. Um, I get a lot of anxiety over thinking about going to a gym and working out in front of other people. That just is like, um, I just have no interest and I'm yeah, grossed out that. now, like with COVID it just, just grosses me out to think about sharing a, a sweat room with someone. Yeah, yeah, so uh, the, I don't know this. <laughs> I hated them before COVID. Like, I mean, I haven't been in a gym in 15 years, but when I was military still, like there was times where they were like, you know, you would designate certain time for PT or, you know, physical training and, most of the time we would do it together as like a squadron and we would all go run three miles, you know, in a formation. And then there was other times where they were like, as eh, you know, like if it's raining or something, they're like, everybody just go to the gym and, and do it at yeah. your own pace. And I'm like, Oh, I fucking hate this. I hated going out and running with everybody else, but I hated going to the gym even more. Like at least in a formation, you're just forced yeah. to be there and you're it's like, true around everyone and you do what and mm -hmm. when it's done it's done you know like when you're 
forced to do your own pace kind of thing. You're like, okay, what? I don't know how any of these machines work. You know, I don't, <laughs> I never come in here. All these other muscle head guys are in there all the time doing their mm-hmm. reps for whatever machine it is. And they know how they work and stuff, but that was never me. Like, I mean, yeah, I was, I, w- I was in okay shape when I was in the Marines, but like, I would have much rather been in my barracks room yeah. playing video games than, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> doing or watching movies or getting drunk or, you know, whatever. You know. Well, and that was, Working you know, was never some of thing. the issues that I have with just even any kind of physical activity that makes me feel like I'm, um, you know, like just sweating on its own feels painful to me um, because of these sensations. Mm, yeah. But, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to just see if I can get over this next, this next hurdle of not just kind of getting by pretty well. Um, but really like improve my, my, my everyday life and, and not just with my health, but with my energy. And, and I know that studies prove that when you're active, you know, you're, you're happier yeah yeah that's i mean i've heard it for years diet yeah, and exercise sucks. it's like what everybody says and it's like and why though <laughs> i don't want to die i just have never I gotten like any big rush out of being like some yeah like superhuman with bunch of all this endurance <laughs> and like, all that stuff <laughs> muscle <laughs> But I mean, I, it, it's just this last, this last bit of where I'm at. I, I just really, as much as I hate all of that, I hate being stuck like this so much more. And that nagging feeling that I'm the one in the way of myself finding the, the best part of my life. And, you know, if it doesn't work and I don't improve drastically and, you know, feel, feel great in my swimsuit this summer, <laughs> no, I don't care that much about that, but if I don't, if it doesn't have the results that I, that I hope for, that's okay too. But that nagging, you know, that nagging feeling that I'm the one in the way of this is, um, you know, I don't, I can't live, I can't live with myself if I let, if I let that happen. I, I fought too hard to get here. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're doing great. I think you're, you're, you're on the right path. And, um, I'm, I'll be curious to hear where it goes. Um, I think we should Sounds probably wrap good. up here. This has been a great episode. Uh, I, I, and we've touched a lot of good things. Uh, I'm just glad, mainly that I'm, I'm glad to have you back on here and, and find out that you're you're at least on a better path than you were yeah. back then, or even back before we initially mm-hmm. spoke. But uh, I, I know there, you know, we have a lot in common. And man, I just started watching more of these uh, ancient aliens mm-hmm. that I haven't seen yet from seasons I missed, and oh my god, like. And, and I watched like 
three episodes in a row one night when I was I was doing some ketamine. <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck, like I had never thought of this before. That's awesome. This is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll save those stories for another time. Well, we should do, you should yeah, do a sh- um, an alien show and invite a few more um, people like us that maybe we um, take turns and and give give a little yeah. synopsis of our favorite alien documentaries. That would be cool. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, so let's see here. Um, shout outs. You didn't do a shout out last time. I heard that when I listened to the oh, episode earlier. I can't. Um, anybody... I can't do a shout out because um, then I feel like I'm leaving someone out and it just makes the guilt. I can't handle it. Just can't. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'll think about it for next time. <laughs> okay. Um, man, I, I think the last time... The last episode we were on, I also shout out the same person, and I've shouted him out several times. Uh, Adjective J, uh, he was the one to help me get started doing this show. Um, but I, he was just on this last episode. Mm-hmm. It was it was a fun episode, um, and uh, yeah, he he's a great guy. So he he got me into. Uh, um, well, I I told him that I had, I had bought like many years ago a Sega Dreamcast console game because yeah. I collect video games and stuff, retro stuff. And and he said he, he loved this game called Shenmue. I, I pronounce it Shenmue um, for because <laughs> I think because I think I know Japanese, but I don't. Um, Shenmue or Shenmue. Um, and I, I they re-released the game for PS4 and I, I got it uh, pretty cheap and I started playing it. And oh my god, it's ridiculous! It's such a late '90s yeah. game, um, <laughs> but it's fun. It was fun, um, so I, I want to play more of that. I did stream it on my Twitch channel. Um, I, I do rarely uh, stream games on Twitch. Wormhole Forty Two is the channel. If anybody's out there listening, they want to view my live streams of gaming. Uh, I do console gaming and PC gaming. Uh, so Jay, thanks a lot, man, for, for helping me out there and being a good friend. Um, I want to give a shout out to all the wonderful, uh, I don't know how to say this all like, like you, Alan Barstar on Twitter. There, there are so many great, um, women on Twitter or, or people, I will say, um, that I follow that helped me to be a better man. Like I see what you all deal with, with all this ridiculous uh, toxic masculinity. And, and I won't apologize for all men because I'm not them, but I won't also say that it's not all men. Like I used to say, um, because it pretty much is all men. Like, all men suck, <laughs> and, and and they don't understand what is going on uh, with women. So I, I I appreciate all of you out there um, for helping me see things and and being uh, a mature adult and growing into a new person that I am becoming um, and growing out of 
all this toxicity that is that was um, festering in me for so long. So I appreciate everyone who listens to the show. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh man, I didn't copy those other notes. Oh well, you know where to find me. Uh, Wormfest Pod at Wormfest Pod on Twitter, and there's a bunch of websites, Instagram, and all that crap. So, uh, Erica, thank you very much again for oh, thank being you. on here. So, anytime you want to come back, just let me know. Hey, when we get um, we a to, little closer uh, to October, and I start organizing my next um, women's march, I will probably reach out to you to see if we can um, find some time and just. Um, give that some recognition and see how many more people we can get involved this year. Um, we had about 300 yeah, last year. Definitely. It was very exciting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely let me know. Okay. So everyone, uh, thanks for bearing with me this, uh, entire time since last, uh, September. I think the show's grown a lot. Um, I, I don't, Man, that first episode, listening to it today, I was like, man, what was wrong with me? I was almost like stuttering at some point. I wasn't any help. So, like, I didn't know what to and... say either. <laughs> no, Jesus. I didn't know. I mean, you seem perfect to me. I'd never been on a podcast. Just listened to a lot of true crime podcasts. <laughs> Those are different, <laughs> different formats. They start with a 911 recording, so... <laughs> Oh, that gives me a great idea. Yeah. The next time. I'm going to do something with this show. <laughs> it's going to sound like a nine one recording <laughs> at the beginning of it. We'll go into it. Someone's been sucked into the wormhole and we don't know how to get them back. Oh my God. Except there's no emotion. So you know who did it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Hey. Thanks again. We'll see All you later, right. Erica. Thanks everybody out there. Bye. Bye.